Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast. This is episode number 37, featuring a review of the brand new sequel horror anthology film, Tales from the Hood 3. It is October 11th, 2020 at the time of recording. My name is JP, one half of your hosting duo, podcasting out of southwestern Pennsylvania. And joining me tonight is my good friend Carly, podcasting out of southwest pa as well what's up not much not much at all what is up with you well i am pretty happy just got done watching some football because it's football day as you know of course yes i know yes you love football day i don't you don't no, you ignore me the whole time, and you neglect our pod, and it's like you just are a totally different person and don't care. Why? I don't know, dude. It's like you think football is more important than anybody. <laughs> more importantly, me well, and our pod. it is pretty important. Why? Actually, don't answer that. I don't feel like making a discussion about football. I've already started listening to your latest episode of 22 Shots, and I'm mad. Why you guys are, you... are talking about, like, baseball in that one. <laughs> Which is pretty much We're, the same thing. Actually, you know what? We spend at least like 20 minutes talking about sports at the beginning of the next one, too. No! <laughs> what? It's horrible, dude. Why? Because you you're bringing down the quality of your pod. There, I said it. Why? Because <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. I, I promise. I swear. Uh, what did Mood say? To you? you You made Moods laugh about something. I forget what it was. What, on the, when? I think it was like before the show, he was laughing at something you said. Where did I say a thing? I don't remember. Was it like an old thing I said? No, I think it was like on a post or something. I don't remember. Ew. I can't remember. I wanted to tell you, but I forgot. I see. I see. Now I am very cure. Yes. But, uh... Yeah, anyway, um... Sunday for me, you know, it's just Sunday stank day. I don't really watch sports, uh, but I, um, you know, went out to eat with my dad this morning for breakfast, and after that, came home, watched the Masters of Horror Hair episode, because it's a 2005 move, and it was Jennifer, and that's easily one of the best episodes, so that was cool. Um, and then I kind of just did a whole, oh, I, I I have a horror puzzle I've been trying to work on a little bit that I've bought online, but it's, like, really hard because it's one of those ones where, like, the whole border is the same color, so it's real annoying, but I was working on that a little bit. What is it? And it's, like, just, like, a collage of horror villains, and honestly, it I'm kind of annoyed because they sent me, they didn't send me, and this is my fault for, like, ordering off a sketchy company, but it looked like a cool puzzle and I couldn't help it. They sent me, like, the wrong design of the puzzle, but it took forever to receive it, so I didn't even make a big deal out of it, because, like... You should say something. They might just send you another one. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I should email them, but, yeah, I was just afraid to, like... I didn't want to, like, send it back and then um, take another three months to send me one, because I was amazed I even got it, because I get nervous ordering off of stupid sites. But it's just like a collage of all the horror villains, and um, but it's got like a white border around it, mm. so it's a pain in the butt to make. But I was kind of working on that a little bit today, and that's basically it hmm. for today, that is. 
Sounds pretty cool. Sounds pretty cool. I also went to another haunted house yesterday with my friend, and um, it was Rich's Fright Farm, another one around here. We, we know, like, seems like all the haunted houses, there's like three haunted houses on the same general area around here, like all going towards the U-Town, and we were saying about that, but that one was okay. It was like all outdoors this year. They didn't do it in the house, and, you know, it... Like, Haunted Hills Estate, that one we went to uh, two weeks ago, that one, or three weeks ago at this point, um, that one was, like, it's a haunted house, so they had it all indoors, so I don't get why this one couldn't do the same thing, but it was, like, a hayride, which was pretty good, and then you just walk through where the house would be, but it's all outdoors, so you're, like, walking through cemetery areas and stuff like that, and that was alright, and then, like, it ends with this black maze, and I thought that was pretty weak, because they didn't have anybody in there scaring you, it was just a blackout maze, and that was, that was it. So, Not blackout, it was, like, you could see everything. It was so, just a black maze. When, when was the first haunted house you ever went to? Or, like, the Hayride? First, um, prob, I think it was actually Kennywood's Fright Night, if you count that, back when I was 13. Wow. Yeah, and then I think that same year I went to Alan's Haunted Hayride for the first time with some friends. So. Yeah, Alan's was my first one too. I think I was six. Yeah, that one's like kid-oriented. Is it? Yeah, it's not really that scary. Like, it, it's always been, and they don't they don't change anything up there really either. But uh, they do chainsaws yeah. on the cage still, or do they not have the cage anymore? I don't know. I haven't been to that one in a while i worked at that one but i've never i haven't been there since then when i was a kid i remember you would get on the hayride but it was enclosed it was like a big metal cage over top of the the cart and there would be hay Um, on the cart and then as you were going through the area like people with chainsaws would jump and climb on it and chainsaw and chainsaw the the cage so there'd be sparks flying everywhere and stuff I, that was really scary when i was a kid <laughs> they, you might be right because i remember the last time i went i think they were like climb maybe not chainsawing it but they were like climbing up on it and like shaking it and i was actually really upset because one of them jumped into the thing and actually like hit me in the head really hard with his foot so it kind of annoyed me because you're not supposed to be touching the people and see that would not annoy me i would be glad but he like, like hurt me happen. he like actually it was in my head it, he hurt you yes it hurt you're still hurt not now this is like years ago i'm just saying like don't be don't like know your rule really you were hurt like a michael myers guy Aww, yes i was hurt. baby was hurt he kicked me in the freaking head bro <laughs> you if were... it happened to you you would have been like what's up <laughs> i'm gonna fight you after the thing like you did said you did it fright for him that one time no 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 that was that was not me i just was backing up my boy because like that's yeah, what but... we're supposed to do no that i agree that he was an idiot like even <laughs> afterwards i was like you know that guy was in the right right and like, i still <laughs> defended you and stuff but that guy was totally in the right basically it was me and my two boys marty and martin and these two girls that we were hanging out with and um my friend martin like was trying to be like you know the the protector if you will so we're walking through the haunted house and stuff and and we go into the one room and it's one of those guys who are like scream a lot like you know you know how like some people scare you by just yelling at you you know yeah 
and he was like, he had a metal pipe, and he was banging it on things and stuff like that, and he got up real close, I mean, he was really close to the girl's face, like, an inch away, and he was like, he, like, screamed at her, and she, like, she was like, you know, did a scared thing, and he, like, jumped in between and, like, pushed the dude back with his hand and, like, got in front of the girl, and the dude freaked out, he was like, he was like, what the F, you know, he's like, he's like, what the, is your problem, and, and, uh, Martin was like, yo, back up or something, and then he was like, he was like, it's a haunted house, it's my job to scare her, you moron, and, uh, like, it, it was just like, we were just like standing off there, and I was like, it was like, we both started like yelling at each other, like, we almost like fought the, the guy in the middle of the d- damn room and there's like a line behind us and stuff like that but we were totally in the wrong i just yeah. i just was like like the guy was really aggressive with with martin like he was about to like fight him like and uh actually martin even seemed a little taken back like he didn't expect that reaction you know what i mean so he was like kind of off his game a little bit but yeah <laughs> I'd be so we'll embarrassed. outside, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, I one time something like that happened at Fright Night. Um, one of my friends uh, bumped into a dude or something. He wasn't a worker, but he bumped into a dude, and the dude, like, flipped. And my friend, uh, Dean, just knocked him out, like, right there. It was kind of scary. Dude's head hit off, like, the cement and stuff could have killed him yeah and then we left and didn't get in trouble good for you buddy good for Um, you but yeah i mean dude it was a mistake and dude got all up in his face but that that dude wasn't really the guy you did that to you know (laughs) yeah um so yeah uh it's it's haunt season i haven't been to any i don't know if i'll get a chance to go my work schedule is kind of crappy and like I on Fridays I have 22 shots so that kills my Friday and then um, usually I'm working Saturdays and if I'm not it's I'm off for the fights so I don't really have time to to do any type of haunts or whatever um, they've yeah. never honestly for being a massive horror fan they've never really been my favorite thing anyway so I'm not too bummed out about it but I do like especially now they're very expensive to get into and they That's don't really the issues they're not the time like what what it you ran through um riches the other day like how long did it take half hour Pro- yeah probably i didn't even count but it seemed like very short like when we were done i was a little disappointed like i said this year they didn't do it and they they usually have that's usually the best one around here uh, according to most people i mean they have because it takes you on a hayride out to this nice big like mansion-y looking display house and then you go through the whole house and it's usually really big but this year it was all outdoors and I'm you know I don't think they really did it up to where it was longer it felt shorter and then like I said the last one you went through was just this maze that wasn't that good there was nothing in it there was like one scary girl at the end and that was it so like by the time we walked out I was kind of like eh, that was like lame but i enjoy doing them it's just something to do with friends and i like the atmosphere and i like looking at the set pieces for these places that's my favorite thing is going through the haunted house and seeing the cool designs and stuff like that because usually they're really good 
So, but yeah, yeah, I'm not really scared by them anymore. I like when I was a teenager, I was, but now it's just like these are just a bunch of teenagers dressed in costumes <laughs> screaming yeah. in my face. Yeah, it was but, always funny when I, because like when I was in high school, it was kind of the thing to do in like October, like on the weekends, was go there. And, um, I, sometimes you would see people you went to school with working as like <laughs> the people like yeah. there was this one girl that I knew named Kelsey and she was like one of those people um who would be really still and the way they're painted made them look like a statue and then like yeah. jump out you know what I mean so I <laughs> it was like weird seeing people that you knew but yeah I, I loved them when I was a kid like my, my mom would take us like usually on October like to three or four of them a, a mm-hmm. year um she was really big on that and then also they, they were ex- you know they weren't as expensive back then you know now no, they yeah. really are like you know 30 dollars for a half hour is a lot of money when you think about it when you think about like what you what other inter- forms of entertainment you could get for a half hour you know with mm-hmm. or for 30 bucks you know you could buy a you know almost buy a video game or at least you know a discounted one which is you know hours and hours of entertainment you know you That's could like... buy three movies um mm-hmm. you can buy a lot of stuff but i mean it's still like an experience because it's like and you almost want to help these things out because if if they don't make money or at least break even they're not going to go through all that effort every year you know so right they do need to make money but i just wish they would have like i don't know like some consent like more more focus on like other aspects like when i was a kid they used to always bring in like a celebrity to fright farm oh and they would sign autographs so you can like go get an autograph and then go through the the haunted house thing yeah they don't be doing that i mean they have like a live band but it's just like no one popular it's no one like famous but uh yeah um that's that's like the one time uh, Kennywood didn't do their fright nights this year they canceled the whole thing but that's the only time where Kennywood's kind of worth it is because they have like five different haunted houses in there and you're paying like you know a little bit probably 10 more dollars than you would for the haunted houses you're going to where it's just like one haunted house and that's it so I feel like Kennywood's kind of worth it with that every year even though they don't change up their stuff either they need to really step it up there because it used to be awesome but i don't even feel like going all that much anymore but i mean they're fun um this one last night there was obviously a lot of young teenagers probably like not even ten, maybe like 12 to 14 year olds and they're on the hayride and of course everyone's saying stuff and they're making commentary and thinking they're so funny and it's like cringes me out because I know that that was like me and my friends back in middle school where it's like the person's like are you scared and you're like no can I have your number and like making like stupid comments that they think is so funny but it's like not and then as I was going into the house the, the group behind me was literally like holding on to my backpack and I'm like I'm not I didn't say this, but in my head, I'm thinking, I'm not in your group. Like, stop holding me. And then they're, like, pushing into me, and, like, I almost knocked over my friend in front of me. It was, like, something else. Then a guy in a chainsaw, with a chainsaw, like, chased them, and they ran. They, like, pushed over all of us and ran up into the front. So I was like, thank God. But, I mean, like I said, that was me back in the day anyway, so. 
Um, yeah. I yeah, I remember being like that angsty teen who was like, um, you I, I could see your makeup or something. <laughs> you like yeah, like they're like, Oh, you're hot or something. I don't know. And then yeah. they're all laughing and it's like no one else thinks you're funny kids. <laughs> but Yeah. Um but see, like, I just, I, that stuff doesn't bother me too much when I see kids doing that, you know. It, now in the movie theater, yeah, I'm going to be like, yo, chill the, chill the hell out. No, it doesn't bother me. I'm just saying it's like cringe because I know I acted like that. I would do that too with all my friends back in the day. And it's like, ooh, now I see. Now I see. Yeah. It does bother me that I didn't like people. I don't like when people are holding on to me because my backpack has like all my stuff in it and I'm like what if they're pickpocketing me in the back and stuff like that that's all I'm thinking of but yeah. it was it was fun cool cool yeah uh, I had a pretty basic week um pretty busy at work the past like day or two like oh boy it was really busy last night I almost lost it man people are people are insane man people are insane People like staying in hotels, buddy. What can I say? Yeah, and they also like complaining, too. Yeah. Is uh, your elevator still broke there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, but we have two, so... I know, that's lucky that you actually have two there. Oh my god, yeah, I would... <laughs> like, I mean, back, like the other hotel we worked at had that one, it's just... You just it, that was like a, I remember one time... When I would be out. I remember one time um, the elevator broke down and there was a dude in a wheelchair on like third floor and I was like, dude, I never thought of that. Like, what do we do? Yeah. Like, what if there's an emergency and everybody has to exit? Yeah, you literally have to carry that guy in your arms. If you yeah, and the dude out. was like huge. I was like, he would definitely die. I don't see anybody being able to get him out of this building. Yeah. Um, but besides that, uh, what's anything? I mean, my week was pretty basic did 22 shots didn't did well we went to the drive-in on last sunday that we'll talk about but yeah um so yeah anything else no i don't think so not much pretty chill week all right so let's get into our what we watched i guess all right all right i shall go first yes uh, i think i had watched this before but i forgot to mention it last week um, and it is American Murder of the Family Next Door. This is uh, the new documentary on Netflix. It came out September 30th. Uh, I think that Netflix is severely uninteresting for the most part. Uh, none of the new shows or movies that come on Netflix I'm usually interested in. I am interested to, re to uh, see Babysitter 2 that came out. And uh, I think there might be like one or two other movies that came out this this month or so that I'm interested in. Um, but I remember a couple years ago when it was like, you know, they were like Gerald's Game and Hush and like there are all these cool movies coming to Netflix that I really enjoyed. And now I just am uninterested in most of this stuff except for their documentaries. I think Netflix, uh, the documentaries that they do are what really keeps me keeping a netflix subscription because i don't watch pretty much anything on there other than their new documentaries usually so mm -hmm. uh this one american murder the family next door uh is a documentary about a woman who disappears and her husband uh 
may be to blame um it's a woman and her two young daughters um his daughters as well disappear um it's his wife and his two daughters and uh the police begin to question him and things aren't adding up uh the story actually only happened like two years ago it's like from 2018 which is super modern and relevant and one of the interesting things about this particular case is how much footage is available um and the entire footage of them searching the house for shanann the woman and the children is on the police's body cam footage so it all exists and you get to see like the whole process which is not something that typically happens and then also the person in question shanann she was extremely active on social media with like live streams and stuff so you have all this footage of her before she goes missing and even you have a lot of footage of the husband because he's in a lot of the videos like she she you know did a video of her telling him that she was pregnant again or something oh and she was pre I, this is something i always forget but she was pregnant during this oh yeah yeah so uh it's an extremely disturbing sad um documentary it makes you extremely angry too for what happened to this woman and her two children and you honestly just look at the the suspects involved and you're like how how would you do that like it just doesn't make any logical sense especially for the reasonings behind it it just it's sickening to to think that somebody would go to that extreme simply to do something that could have easily been done another way um it's pretty messed up story um makes you feel bad you know thoughts go out to that family because that's horrible to go through i mean i couldn't imagine uh but the only thing that i'll say that like why it wasn't that super good to me is because i was extremely familiar with this case and i've pretty much seen all that footage before so the only thing that was really new was the length and a little bit more detail on the actual relationship between Shanann and uh, the people in the film, like her mother-in-law and, and her husband and her friend and stuff like that. You didn't really get that on the things that I've seen, so it puts a little bit more perspective and makes it even more, well, more tragic. Uh, and then they do this cool editing where she's, it, which I've never seen any of these before, but it shows text messages between her and her husband and her and her friend and stuff like that. So, uh, and the, it flashes up on screen, um, and it, it, it's really cool and makes it very digestible, the story. So it's really good. If you like true crime stuff, this and you don't know much about this case it's gonna blow you away probably if you are super familiar with the case it's still fascinating to watch but it's not gonna shed much new light on what you already know uh, i gave it an eight out of ten though it's pretty well done and it's called american murder the family next door i don't know if this is gonna be a series of documentaries like american murder the killer in the sewers or something you know what i mean <laughs> but that would be cool because netflix kills it with these docs like they they're so good um next up uh, i watched are you afraid of the dark 2019 uh this was the i mentioned it it was the tv did i did i review this last week uh no i think you mentioned it though okay uh i finished it up yeah i think i said that i 
started it. Um, it's yeah. three episode miniseries, forty minutes long each. Uh, it's about um, anybody who's familiar with the Are You Afraid of the Dark series. It was a series that ran in the early '90s uh, to the late '90s, um, and it was an anthology series on Nickelodeon where uh, a group called the Midnight Society would sit around a campfire each week and tell a story. The story could range from anything from a haunted pinball machine all the way up to a uh, clown who wants back his a cigar smoking clown who wants back his nose. And uh, this reboot uh, follows the Midnight Society, but instead of telling stories each week, it's a movie featuring or a miniseries featuring them. So they do tell the stories and it's you know pretty cool but then the story basically comes to life similar to like goosebumps that movie they made i think that's what happened in there mm. and uh it's about the carnival of doom and it comes to the town and children start disappearing uh i thought it was okay i like the concept of like actually having a story involving the midnight society because even when i was a kid and you would get the bookends with the midnight society i always thought they were cool and i i, I wish you got more of them so that's pretty pretty cool but the story itself is kind of a little lackluster it really wasn't all that scary and i know you're saying like scary it's a kid's show but trust me like <laughs> the original series had some scary episodes in them um and it wasn't really that like cool in terms of like the original series would have a twist or the ending would usually be cool this really doesn't have that it's kind of a straightforward story the villain's kind of weak the characters are okay. The one um, kid who played Ben and it is in this, um, and that's kind of it for it. It it was satisfying because it was a cool like reboot, and there is a really cool nod to uh, the original series. It, it uh, towards the end of one of the stories, um, the characters basically sets up season two, if you will, and they're like. I call this tale the tale the return the tale of the return of the ghastly gritter and anybody who's a big fan of the series knows what that means because the ghastly gritter is considered one of the best episodes there is um so that was really cool and the cool thing about the dvd um for, so I'll, I'll rate that 6.5 out of 10 for the miniseries but the cool thing about the dvd there are three episodes included on the DVD from the original series, and I wondered what they were going to pick, because there really are a lot of good episodes, um, and I just thought they would throw, throw like three random ones on there, but they actually threw like probably the three best, or like three of the best episodes, and that's The Tale of the Ghastly Grinner, The Tale of Dead, Man, Dead Man's Float, and uh, The Tale of the Laughing in the Dark, and... Uh, the Tale of the Laughing in the Dark is uh, basically a really good episode to throw in here because it also takes place at a carnival. It's about a kid who's a little smartass and acts cool in front of his friends and, and basically is the kids that Carly were talking about earlier. Um, and they go to like a haunted thing and he's like, I'm not scared, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they there's a story of Zebo the Clown who was um, a circus worker or something who like I forget he like robbed a bank or did, he did something but he like got caught in a fire and burned up in in the funhouse and it's apparent, apparently his ghost still haunts the funhouse 
uh, you get to the end of the funhouse and there's like six doors and one of the like five of the doors like let you out of the funhouse but one door has Zebo behind it so like you get really unlucky and get him and it's just a clown with a big grinny face with a cigar and they dare him to go steal Zebo's nose so he does and then Zebo is like haunt, like after him and like showing up at his house and stuff he's like finding cigars in his food and shit <laughs> and it's funny because it's like cigars in a kid's show but it's like he's like it smells like cigars he's like wait cigar smoke and he opens the pot and there's like cigars floating in it <laughs> um, but it's actually kind of scary you know and it's a really good episode and then uh the second one is the tale of the ghastly grinner uh which has one of the cooler villains and this is one about a comic book that this kid reads and um it basically comes to life and it's this jester blue and yellow looking guy and he basically like turns people into zombies and he's pretty scary too pretty good episode and then of course the final episode on there is probably in my opinion the scariest episode that they ever did it's called the tale of the dead man's float which i made you watch it so what do you think um as i told you i thought at first i was watching it and i was like all right my buddy is a pussy i don't understand <laughs> what is scary where is the punchline here and then uh a very scary thing happens and i'm like oh now i understand so I thought it was pretty cool, and it probably would have been very scary to me as a child. I could definitely see that because um, I was scared easily. So I think that would have been one that I would have really enjoyed when I was young. But, yeah, uh, see, I, I cool. love that one because it – first of all, I love the series in general because it does remind you of being a kid a lot. And, like, they do a good job with the kids. Yeah. Um, much less cheesy than Goosebumps. Like – you get this oh, yeah. like you do get a vibe that they're like actually kids you know and, and it's cool but they find they find a room behind some lockers in a in their school and it is a whole pool room like there's a whole pool in there but they shut the pool down back in like the 40s or the 50s because kids like drown in it um and you find out like through this story that basically it's like a poltergeist thing where they buried it on top of an ancient indian burial ground but didn't move all the bodies so it's like haunting the pole but it's freaking creepy dude because <laughs> they actually have a monster in it like a dead person zombie thing mm. and boy <laughs> i remember when i first seen that i was like holy hell like what the hell is that you know because it's like yeah. this bloody scary skeleton scary thing yeah, it's an evil looking mother effer and uh, no one's like coming at them it's like real scary yeah and i you know i give it credit right at the opening because they kill a kid they drown a kid in a pool right like what other kids tv show actually has like permanent death in it of like murder you know yeah it's uh pretty crazy so i i've always loved that episode but man all, all this made me want to do is get all the episodes and watch them all because they, they like there are so many good episodes in there and it honestly is a series that needs a, a re-release because it had original dvds like de over a decade ago and they were always expensive back then they were like 40 dollars for one season for like 13 episodes of this 20 minute show and then those went out of print and they re-released them through amazon uh in volumes on manufacture on demand which is dvd r's so it's like kind of i just make my own dvd r's at that point 
Um, and they didn't release all the seasons, so they stopped at season four or five, which I think there's eight seasons, so that's annoying. Mm -hmm. It really needs a re-release. Like, I was hoping that the success of this miniseries, because they do tease a season two on the inside pamphlet of the DVD, I was hoping that that would kickstart an interest in it and they might release the original series on DVD or something, but... The, uh, the the thing about it is, I think that COVID probably shut down season two because you'd think it would have aired on Nickelodeon this year. Uh, so hopefully that still is in the works for maybe next year, or even in the summer or something. But yeah, uh, pretty great. There's another episode that I always think of. Uh, it's basically Nosferatu. Um, the, these two kids work in a rundown theater that's kind of on its last leg, and uh, this creepy guy comes in and basically offers if they show his movie once a week at, on a midnight screening he promises that people will come in droves to the movie theater and so they do but then like the screening is basically like it's basically Nosferatu and then like there's a Nosferatu vampire monster that comes like out of the screen it's pretty cool That's scary buddy yep uh okay then we saw the two movies at the drive-in which we'll get to uh so then i watched pet cemetery the original and i just gotta say you once again were completely wrong about a movie why because it is completely played straightforward and it's good i didn't say it's not played straightforward buddy you said it's hilarious yeah, when I'm watching it with my mom and she's like, oh, this doesn't, it's funny, it doesn't hold up. I don't know if you and your mom are the sharpest tools in the shed. I'm pretty sharp. <laughs> Listen, dude, I'm... What about her? No, she's alright. <laughs> I mean, I don't... No, she's fine. I mean, I told you she watched The Mist for the first time the other night and she was just like, she was like, oh, I didn't like that ending. That wasn't a happy ending. She was like, I like happy endings. And that's all she said. She didn't say anything else. But, uh, no, buddy. I just felt there were some moments in the movie that, like, we were, like, it's one of those things where you're watching with someone and you're, like, noticing details that make you laugh that you shouldn't be laughing at usually. Yeah, whatever. Um, it is a movie about a family who moves into a new house. Uh, there's a dangerous road where cars drive up and down the road really, really fast. And uh, there's also a pet cemetery. But beyond the pet cemetery, the place beyond the pet cemetery is a ancient Indian burial ground where the ground turns sour and the Indians stopped using it. Uh, there's a neighbor named Judd Crandall who knows a lot about the area and he talks to the family and basically fills them in on this uh basically this thing where if you bury somebody up there they come back to life or an animal so that's basically the plot it, i watched it on 4k probably one of my favorite 4k releases i'm not gonna lie like i think it's like super good um i know that it doesn't have the best reviews but for me it's it's one of the best ones uh it's an amazing movie i love it i love like all the little details in the film um with the dialogue and the character developments of the uh little girl and um uh, you know her cat and like the idea of like when should we know about death as children is it better not to know like you hear those stories where like our cat died so we went and found another cat that looks just like it and we brought it into the family and the kids didn't notice or like goldfish or whatever um and uh you know should we 
when should we be faced with death? How do we handle death? Some people handle it differently. Other people freak out and get angry. Other people kind of get blank and lose it. Some people laugh, like Rachel. <laughs> right. Um, super cool. Uh, it's it's a movie about death, and and like I said in my other review on my YouTube channel, like all horror movies are about death in some way, but I think this one hits it a little bit different. It's a fantastic move, one of my favorite horror movies. And I think that everybody should see it. it is and read the book. And read the book. Yeah, so that's something that is interesting. Because in the movie, everything feels like it goes so fast. Because, you know, it does. But yeah. it, in the book and the movie, really, like, there's months in between these things. Like, yeah. whenever in the movie, Pascal comes and tells Lewis, don't go beyond the pet cemetery and you're like yeah don't do it and then like the next it feels like the next like three days later he does it but <laughs> in, in the movie and in the book you're supposed to realize it's done better in the book because you have more time to explain it but even in the movie there's scenes of them like changing decorations for holidays and stuff which show you time has passed yeah so uh the the it's actually months that have went by between when Pascal comes to Lewis first and when he goes to the pet cemetery with Judd. And in the book, they kind of explained that he almost even forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's true. Like reading the book, there's some, there's a lot of moments of just uh, Judd and Lewis hanging out on the porch drinking beers, and then there's a lot of moments with them all hanging out with you know Judd's wife being in the book and. And they're talking about the different holidays and seasons, so um, it's weird how that is, like, you know, because, yeah, watching the movie, I always, anytime I watch any movie, it's like I'm picturing it being, like, within two days or something, but really it's like the entire year goes by when this is all happening. So, it's interesting. But the book was really good, and the movie is good. It's a 9 out of 10 good. Uh, And then, continuing along, I I decided to pop in the Scream Factory release of Pet Cemetery 2 because I haven't um, opened it. Uh, same sort of thing, but way different. Um, <laughs> basically, there's this kid named... Um, what the hell is his name? John? No, that's Terminator. <laughs> uh, I don't. I actually don't remember. I haven't seen this movie in a while. Um, I know Drew is the fat kid. Right. Uh, uh, Jeff? Jeff. Jeff. I was close. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> Jeff is played by Edward Furlong, and he's a teenage boy, or, you know, 13, 14. I don't know, how old do you think he is? Uh, probably, like, I don't know, he looks like 14 to me, around 14. there. Yeah, Yeah. so he's a, he's a kid whose mother is an actress. She dies brutally in a movie, um, like, for real. And he moves with his dad to a new town, where his dad's going to be the veterinarian. Um, he has, like problems with his parental figures and he is bummed that his mom's dead obviously uh he befriends this kid named drew who also has parental issues his stepfather gus is a complete asshole um and he's also the sheriff so it makes him even more of an asshole (laughs) right um and there's a bully at school who's also an asshole um and uh I couldn't remember who the hell he was, but then somebody left a comment on my video. He's the 
He's the bro- the little brother in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Russ. Or something. The asshole kid? Yeah. I feel like he played in something else that I know Probably. Of too. I like, like him maybe as Jack an actor. Frost. He was good in maybe. there. He's good as, as the bully. It was like so 90s. Um, good music, stuff like that. Uh, but one day the dog dies. Drew's dog dies. They bury it up at the pet cemetery because the whole town knows like the myths and the legends and stuff like that. Comes back to life uh, and accidentally kills Drew's stepfather, Gus, and he takes and buries him up there. And then more people and more people get buried up there. Um, it's it's honestly like super solid to me. Its tone is completely different. It's not. It's like more of a horror comedy, but I just think that it's cool. I like it. Gus is a trip. Um, the bully's a trip. Uh, there's some good music in it. Um, there's some good no- nods to the original film uh, with continuity and stuff like that that I really mm-hmm. dig. The only thing I'll say is it doesn't necessarily feel like the same town. Yeah, I agree. But we never really go into the town. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to tell. But, yeah, it's also partially set on Halloween, which is cool. Right, right. All right, so I gave that a 7.5 out of 10. Super enjoyable movie. Yeah. Um, after that, I watched April Fool's Day from 1986, uh, Scream Factory Blue that I popped in. And I took that with... Uh, with um oh i got that in a uh like buy one get one sale a while back haven't opened it collector's edition pretty cool popped it in seen it one other time uh it's basically about these teens young adults who go out to this island house getaway thing to spend the weekend but people start dying and they need to figure out why uh it's a super likable movie honestly like i think it's a really fun slasher it it doesn't have like the best like killer or anything especially like once you've seen the movie like everything's done from like either pov or like um you don't like see the killer he's not like wearing a jason mask or something you know or like a mask or anything so um that's uh so you have that but it kind of makes sense in the end when you know the ending um some people hate the ending i actually like it i think that it is pretty cool and it's actually like pretty likable it's like a it's a positive outcome <laughs> which you normally don't get but yeah it's, it's a pretty good movie uh amy Steele is in it um of course she played Ginny in friday too and uh she does a good job uh so yeah i gave that one a i think an eight out of ten and then after that i watched um carrie the original i'm not going to talk too much about it because we do it on 22 shots uh but it is already in our hall of fame i've been very public about my opinions of it it's in my like top 20 favorite horror films ever uh it's a 10 out of 10 i think this time watching it and getting to talk about it i really if you if you guys are listening to me here and don't plan on checking out that 22 shots episode listen to it because i i really think that we kind of nail what i like about carrie in that episode i think it's one of our better reviews in a while um and we actually weren't like pretty much that whole episode we pretty much were in agreement with each other which never happens it's really funny 
Um, yeah. Like me, G- Moods, and Jeremy weren't like battling like with devil's advocate approaches. It was just like, yeah, I like that too. <laughs> or no, I don't like that too. Um. So carry ten out of ten. Then I watched the Rage carry too. Uh, I again, I'm not gonna go too much into it, but I will say I was definitely surprised uh, with it. Whether that means it's bad or good, um, check out the episode. Uh, then I watched Carrie O2, and I wanted to revisit that one because of Angela Bettis, and I just recently watched May. Watching it now, uh, I can say that I don't think Angela Bettis killed that role. <laughs> mm. Um, I thought she was going to, but no. Um, and then I watched Carrie 2013 with Chloe Grace Moretz, and I was surprised with that one too. I'll leave it at that. So watched all the Carrie movies um three of them in one night and they're almost two hours so it was like six hours of Carrie almost which was a little rough and I started it like 12 30 at night midnight <laughs> which was a little bit rough it was like done at like 6 a.m um, yeah that sucks and then I watched uh I popped in my Friday the 13th box set no I didn't watch all of them but I did start with part two since I watched part one earlier this year and I'll say that uh I was a little I at first I was a little di- bit disappointed with the transfer because I was expecting like to be mind blown but it's it's only a slight improvement over the last transfer uh but it still looks really good it still looks mm-hmm. really good i love friday too man um i think jason is the scariest in that one he's uh you know it, it, that in part three i think part three has a really scary jason too but it's mainly um, yeah, because he takes off the mask and stares at her and he's like part three always he's like making noises and stuff like he gets cut and he's like oh and it's like he's so human and terrifying i like part two and three the best too yeah but in this one like seeing like when she gets to the little shack out in the woods and seeing jason out of the window like running oh it's creepy and then like uh, when he runs up to the car and when he's like in the room and stuff and it's it's just really neat man um Mm -hmm. i like burlap sack jason uh it's uh, it's it's a great Friday. It's a great slasher. Um, there's some brutal kills in there, like the the damn wheelchair dude. <laughs> I feel bad for that guy. Yeah. Um, but I actually watched the uh, so for the longest time, um, there have been a few Friday Thirteenths who were really cut. Um, and for the longest time, I mean, like always, they were cut. And they had a lot more gore, but the MPAA, like, destroyed that. And the two most notable ones are Part 2 and Part 7. And forever, that footage was considered to be lost or um, actually lost in a fire, from what I understand, in the Paramount Vault. Some people say it was just thrown away, which is just insane if that's true. It's sickening. Um, But Mm -hmm. apparently, one of the guys who worked on the film i forget who he had a vhs tape that had all that gore footage unfortunately there's no audio to it so that's why they didn't insert it back into the film because that would have been freaking epic if they had done that but there's no audio to it so i understand why they didn't but the footage is available to see finally for the first time ever on the dvd 
or the blu-ray and i was watching it i was like dude i forgot that there was this much that was cut out the only thing i know of is that the scene in the double impalement with the spear through the mattress because i had seen that footage before somewhere i don't remember where but i had definitely seen the uncut version but the one that surprised me was adrian king's kill is completely like it's way more graphic like the screwdriver that goes in the side of her head comes out of her like side of her nose and i was mm. like wow i totally for i didn't know that actually either i didn't know after i or if i got <clears throat> but yeah i wanted to <clears throat> excuse me i wanted to dive deeper into the box set but like i'm kind of like iffy on it because we may actually get around to actually finally doing the friday films on 22 shots not soon but within the next year and a half or a year so yeah <clears throat> i kind of was like do i want to revisit because revisit them all but then i'm like i don't know because like i'm a friday fan so i've seen them a bunch already i doubt it's gonna ruin my enjoyment of doing that show yeah so i'm like ah, i might pop in part three tonight but then i'm also like oh i gotta keep up on these 31 days and i don't necessarily want to review all the friday films i feel like that's just a cheap way to do it <clears throat> but maybe i will i don't know uh so i stopped there but I, i'm really debating on putting it in part three because i just want to watch it do what you want buddy uh-huh and uh yeah so i give friday 2 a 9 out of 10 could be a 9.5 could be a 10 i don't know i've never really rated these films seriously in like a crit critical way i'll save that for 22 shots but i'm kind of scared to because i don't really it's always weird rating a movie you love that much you know yeah i like don't know how to rate the main franchise movies <clears throat> that well like especially friday i never know friday's the hard one them. for me because yeah. i don't know what to rate them either because like, they're all me, nostalgic they're great <laughs> like yeah. i love them but like i don't know if like the critical points resonate with me i don't know yeah. but uh after that um just a couple more here i watched cube from 1990 what seven no uh yeah 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 seven you're on my birth yeah um, which is crazy because I remember watching Cube in 1997. Oh, yeah. So Cube came out and it was on video, and we went to a place. Actually, I rented it from Video Land, which is the uh, video store that is that was in Brownsville at the top of the hill um, by the Big Banana. Mm -hmm. You know that one? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah like kind of by the food land but not not Ellen yeah yeah mm -hmm. um and I rented it from there and I watched it with my aunt and it was really really good like I loved it even back then when I was like six six or seven and I used to watch it all the time it was on sci-fi I even recorded it off the tv one time because I loved it so much I watched it a couple years ago, uh, revisiting it now, still just as good, love it, 100%, love everything about it, the only thing that's wrong with it is the cubes move in the move, well, the story follows, like, a couple of strangers who wake up inside of a room, uh, there's, it's a square room, or a cube room, and there is a door on the ceiling, the floor, and all four walls, 
uh, and in that door is a cube with a door on the ceiling, the floor, and all four walls. In inside of one of those rooms, is the same thing. So it just seems like it never ends. Um, and it's basically a giant puzzle, and they have to try to figure out what's going on, why they're there, how to get out, what everything means, what purpose do they have. Um, the characters have different arcs where they go from okay this is the leader and he goes and becomes something else by the end of the film this is the shy reserved girl she goes to this by the end of the film this is the cynical um guy who doesn't care he turns into the hero at the end of the film like that type of stuff which is really cool um because it kind of strips away who they are but shows us who they really are um, I think it's amazing. It's it's kind of a masterpiece of independent cinema. I would agree. I like it quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, but the only thing that I don't that's a little iffy is there's some CGI problems, mm-hmm. and then the cubes move, the rooms move, and it shakes sometimes. But the shaking looks horrible. It's like <laughs> it's uh, it looks like a TV, <laughs> like a TV episode. Mm-hmm. like a soap opera like trying to do like an earthquake or something but other than that it's pretty damn amazing acting's really good the twists and turns are fantastic the ending is brilliant uh kind of like the mystery mystery about it is great fantastic um honestly dude i'm kind of at like a 10 on cube it's it's one of my favorite like indie films ever i think it's like super smart nice um, and then we have Cube 2 Hypercube from 2002. Decided to revisit that one. I haven't seen it in... I didn't even watch it for the 2002 show. I think I haven't seen it in like a decade, probably. No, or two decades. Like, since it came out, probably. Yeah. Uh, maybe I've seen it like once or twice after that. But yeah, Cube 2, um, it, I want to say it might have been a sci-fi channel movie but i can't remember um but it basically follows like a similar thing like a bunch of strangers wake up in a room inside of each wall and ceiling and floor there's another room but the time the the thing that's different about this one is it also messes with time and space and reality and gravity and um like you can if you you can open the door to one of the walls and see somebody in there and then you if the thing closes and opens back up they're gone so it's like it's shifting like instantaneously Mm. so um the uh the cute the the, it's it's not really have you seen this before no i've only seen cube and cube zero but i have not seen cube two it kind of has like certain things about it that I, I did like but other things that I just thought were so stupid and the, and the ba- acting's bad and the CGI's horrible mm-hmm. um, there's some acting that's good though like there's one character who's like really funny but overall it just it took the the cool stuff of Cube and really didn't do much with it you know it, it the traps really aren't there they're done in a different way it's like super cgi and horrible i the, i get the concept of the hypercube but it's not really a it's it's not really 
it doesn't really translate well to actual thought because it is a theory i guess you know it's it's basically a four, fourth dimensional cube or whatever so instead mm. of three dimensional so yeah that's kind of weird so yeah that's all that i watched uh, oh i uh, i don't know i'm at like a five on that one probably yeah i never bothered to watch that because i always heard it was horrible you gave me cube zero that is why i watched that one but which i like that one um Alright, so I guess I shall get into what I have watched. Um, didn't watch as much as you, but I watched some things. Um, first up, I watched Pie a Wacket uh, from 2017, I believe. Um, Pie Wacket, uh, that one is essentially about uh, this girl. She lives with her mother, and um, her father had passed away, so it's just her and her mom. And her mom's kind of distraught, like drinking all the time and really depressed about the dad and uh, the girl's also depressed about it so she kind of finds comfort by getting into like the occult and all this stuff with her friends from school uh, she's in high school and um, her and her mom really butt heads uh, her mom thinks like her friends are losers and the stuff she's doing is stupid and then the mom's like hey we're gonna move to this house like out in the middle of nowhere basically and it's uh you're gonna have to start a new school because i just can't stand being here it reminds me of your dad and of course the girl's pissed again this big fight the mom says something like really upsetting to the girl she runs off in the woods and decides that she's going to put this uh basically a death curse on her mother um and uh to her dismay it works and she instantly regrets doing it because then her and her mom start getting along but uh weird stuff starts to kind of happen around the house and uh with her mother and stuff like that so she's trying to like you know reverse it and act normal and just hope it's not real and stuff like that so yeah this is a really good movie um i watched this for 2017 uh the top 10 show that i did of course on 22 shots with you guys and uh i don't think it made my list but i think it was like right on the cusp because there was a lot of good movies that came out that year. Um, but it's really good, and it's one that actually is good for Halloween time, which I didn't even realize, but watching it, you could tell it takes place in the fall. Uh, I don't, I'm pretty sure there's no mention of Halloween or anything, but you see the leaves are all changing colors, and they're on the ground, and there's a lot of scenes in the woods and stuff like that. They're really pretty, and of course, it's about like witchcraft and stuff like that. So, uh, it's a good one to watch around Halloween time, um, and the story gets to me a little bit. I think it's pretty sad, uh, the whole relationship with her and her mother and uh, the be careful what you wished for type of aspect. Um, I, I just find it kind of, you kind of feel for the daughter by the end of it because um, she just made a bad decision and then it like, comes true and all this stuff goes wrong. So uh, Pie Wacket, that's a really good one. I would give that like an 8.5 out of 10. Um, after that, I had a VHS of Goosebumps, and it was the Haunted Mask episode, of course. Probably the most popular episode. I think it's also the first one um, that they put out. Uh, with, uh, And that's from 1995, and of course this is about Carly Beth, uh, who is a scaredy cat. Uh, there's kids at school that always spook her. And, How do you feel um, about people named Carly Beth? Uh, I don't really think Carly needs to be a name that has a middle name with it. I don't know. I've never heard... It's kind of weird, because I've never heard anyone be named, like, 
Well, actually, Carly Rae Jepsen, I guess, goes by Carly Rae. It's not. I don't think it's a middle name though. I think it's it's a hyphenated first name. Carly Beth. No, no, I think it's like Carly. I think it's Carly and then Beth. Nobody. It's kind, Carly hyphen. Kind of like how people name Mary. Like they just go. It's like Mary Elizabeth. Like, no, it's, it's not like, hyphen. It's, no, it's like Marianne. Marianne can be to get nobody. I I swear on the back of the cover, it's just Carly space Beth. No, right. buddy. It's Carly hyphen Beth. Like, she could go by Carly if she wanted to. No, buddy. Please Car- look it up and show Carly me. Carly Beth is a real name. It's not a... It's, it's, it could be a one first name. That would be... Uh, okay, it... Well, it is like... She, it go, she goes by... It is like a first name to her, because that's what she goes by, Carly Beth. But, like, mm-hmm. I'm saying it's two names. Like, it's her other name. Uh, but anyway, uh, I th- I don't know. I'm not... Not a big fan, but whatever. Um, I do I do think it's cool when people are named Carly in movies and TV shows because it's not a name that I would always hear too often. So I'm always like, hey, that me. But... It's like it's like John Robert. What? There's like J- John Robert. John Robert. Yeah, it's one. I don't name. know. What are you saying? Robert. Am I missing something? Am I missing something? Hello? Okay. Anyway, I guess I missed something. Um, The Haunted Mask is honestly a pretty cool episode. You know, I think that a lot of these Goosebumps eps are rather cheesy, and the acting's usually pretty horrible in them, and uh, that's that. But this one's cool because it is set on Halloween, and I think the acting's not too horrible in it. Uh, it does have its cringe, cheesy moments too, but um, it's not too bad. And I think the mask actually is really well done in this one. Um, it's been a long time since I had seen it, so it was cool revisiting it. I used to watch this. This was always on Cartoon Network this time of year. They would play some of the Goosebumps episodes, so that's probably the last time I actually sat down and watched it. But, you know, it's cool. And I like collecting those VHS tapes and just... Um, keeping them on my shelf so for a goosebumps episode um the atmosphere and everything like that i would probably give this like an eight out of ten it's one of the better ones so um then after that i watched tells from the hood part two from 2018 because i saw part one i had never seen part two and we're doing part three so uh, it makes sense that i would check out part two even though you know they're not like related they're all anthology films uh just to keep things in balance and make me not a fakerton um but tales from the hood two um you know well, another... part, part two does have continuity with part one. Oh yeah i guess there are like i haven't seen part one in a while but i know there are like things aspects to it but well it's, been a it's long just time. the lead um oh Keith David plays uh, Sims. That's the same guy from Part One. Ooh, see, I don't remember. I should have actors playing him. I should have watched Part One again, probably. But who cares? Uh, but it was, it was, it was all right, honestly. You know, a lot of people hated this one when it came out. I didn't bother watching it back in 2018 because no one really said anything good about it. And honestly, I might not have even saw the first one at that point. I feel like it was last year when I first saw part one. So I kind of skipped it. Um, but I didn't mind it too much. I think all the shorts are like fine for what they are. I think they're all passable. They're just kind of goofy and, uh, 
little bit comical for the most part besides like the final one uh and that one's like really serious and pretty well done but feels kind of off after you see all these uh less serious ones and then you get a serious one that's actually kind of makes you tear up a little bit so um it's a little bit weird but um I thought all the segments were all right it, it was a fun movie in my opinion it wasn't um one to really take serious like you would the first film where they tried a little bit harder and tried to put all these messages forth but it was fun um I gave it like a six and a half out of ten um you know it is what it is probably not something I would revisit or be really excited to watch again but it was whatever um then after that I watched Hellfest from 2018 because uh I had I think Austin gave me this one recently and um had on my movie stack had been wanting to rewatch it and it's the perfect time to rewatch it uh Hellfest is a film about some teenagers who go to this uh festival at their local amusement park I guess it's supposed to be and it's essentially like anything like Pennywood Fright Nights or Universal's Horror Nights or Cedar you know anything like that where um it's a bunch of haunted houses but they're like in a theme park there's like rides and then there's people walking around scaring you and it's a big uh festivity so um they go there and um while they're there you know you kind of see early on at the beginning of the film that there's actually a guy in there who goes and kills people for real and he kind of gets away with it because he's wearing a mask and uh, blends in. And he starts stalking them out, in particular this uh, the one main girl in the group and following them throughout the night and then uh, becomes kind of, you know, slasher-esque. Um, I like this one quite a bit when we saw it in the theater. I was surprised by it because I think it's PG-13 for one and um, I just wasn't expecting much out of it, if I remember. And uh, I was really... I really enjoyed it when I saw it in the theater. I saw it, I think, once after that and I liked it again and I saw it again this time and uh again like it a lot it's one that I could probably pop in every Halloween time as a new tradition because I think they do a good job with the setting they utilize it well it makes me want to go to a place like this minus having a serial killer at it um but it's a cool movie I think all the characters are really likable too you know you have like the main girl uh she has like this love interest and they're both kind of awkward with each other and it's like really cutesy and um then you have like her one friend who's kind of like punk and seems like a bad type of girl and uh rebellious in a way and then her best friend um just all very likable characters i really enjoy this um i give it uh eight out of ten you know it's not it's not anything like fantastic but it's uh a fun one i think to watch this time of year then after that, I watched uh, Urban Legends 3, Bloody Mary from 2005. This was the third time I saw this. Um, I saw it back when I was a kid, Jesus, I remember. Jesus, why would you watch that three times? Um, well, t I watched it when I was a kid, probably around when it came out, because 2005. My mom and I watched it, and uh, remembered it not being that good but I remember being kind of creeped out by it because just because I was young um I watched it again because again Austin actually gave me the collection of all three of the Urban Legends films so I was like okay well this is the reason to revisit it and now I'm watching it again because it's a 2005 movie so uh yeah and it's uh it's awful um it's uh basically about and this is directed by Mary Lambert um of Pet Cemetery fame and Pet Cemetery 2 fame, so um, definitely a step down she for her. She directed Urban Legend 3. 
Yeah. Wow. Wait a minute. Are you sure? Yeah, dude. I even just double checked to make sure I was right. I, I get her wrong. mixed up with the girl who did American Psycho, but it's it's Mary Lambert. She's she did the Pet Cemetery films and I this. thought it was um Scott Derrickson. Uh, I don't know who that is. Maybe he. I don't know. Let me. I do. I swear. I just looked it up. Scott Derrickson. What are you thinking of? That's what I want to know. Um. He did Sinister, Deliver Us From Evil, The Exorcism of Evelyn Rose. Oh, he did The Final Cut, buddy. No, he didn't. He, he wrote Every Legend, The Final Cut. Oh, okay. Yeah. He directed it. It doesn't say he directed that. But anyway. Um, oh, no, what it was is Mike Doherty wrote this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. A lot of... Some people just go and, like, make a career after doing some crap. Yeah. Yeah, did a pretty poor job on this because it's uh, it gets worse every time I watch it. I mean, it's um. How do you not know who Scott Derrickson is, by the way? Now I do. Okay, I know the name. I just don't know. I'm not good with direct. You could say a director's name, but I might not. I'm probably not gonna know what they direct it unless they're really popular, like I don't know, Jordan Peele or something. Um, but anyway, Urban Legends 2005, Urban Legends 3. Uh, this is about. The beginning of the movie is uh, a prom. I think it's set in 1969, if I'm not mistaken. 79, 69, something like that. And uh, you have these girls. Uh, they're at prom with these uh, dates. They're like football players. You know, they're jocks. And um, the one girl, she sees that uh, the dates and these other girls are have drugged her friends and are putting them in their car. And uh, they plan on doing the same with her. So... She freaks out. She runs away. Her name's Mary. And, um, basically, uh, she, you know, gets knocked out by the guy. And then, uh, that's kind of that. He, like, puts her in this chest. And then you flash forward years ahead. And you have this new group of kids. And, uh, this, the same prank happens to this other girl. And then after that, um, there's... You know, they're, they're talking about the legend of Bloody Mary where you say your name all the times in the mirror and that, that there is a part where they're like, oh, that's just like Candyman. And then they're like, actually, Candyman stole that from Bloody Mary and stuff like that going on. But the whole movie is this Bloody Mary, the girl from the beginning of the movie who dies, uh, is haunting this group of friends and uh, the one girl and her brother in particular are trying to figure out why and how they can stop it and like try to find her body and uh put this to an end yeah it's pretty bad i mean it reminds me it feels like a final bad final destination movie almost with the deaths um there's really bad cg in this especially with <laughs> these spiders um still got under my skin a little bit it was gross and uh there's some decent blood effects but uh you know, for the most part, it's bad. Uh, the acting is awful. The main girl is just hor horrendous. And uh, some of her dialogue is just really uh, just not serious at all. It's hard to take it serious. Um, the part that creeped me out when I was little is they do show Mary as, like, this ghost girl. And it feels like it's supposed to be cashing off of the grudge of the ring or something where you just have a ghost girl going around. But she, she really doesn't look that good. And it's really cheesy and stupid. Um... It's odd, though, because, you know, it's another urban legend film. The other two are slashers. This one's more of a paranormal 
film uh, curse type of movie so it, it's kind of interesting that it does that but it, it's a horrible movie it was kind of rough to get through I just put it on the other night because I was tired and wanted something easy to watch but uh, I'm not a big fan I gave that like a three and a half out of ten or I, I gave it like a four out of ten because I have seen worse but uh, yeah not a good move um and then after that, I watched Murder Party, which I think you watched on the last ep. Um, I picked this up at Dollar Tree recently, and it's a Halloween setting movie, so I've been trying to watch a lot of movies that just feel spooky and good for the season, so watch this again. Hadn't seen it since you and I watched it back uh, for your 22 Shots episode a few Halloweens ago, and I remember back then, I think I was like in a bad mood that night or something, and I just kind of wasn't that into this film I thought it was kind of had a depressing look to it uh it's very bleak looking but um it you know this movie is it's a short movie it's like 80 minutes and it's about this guy he's kind of you can see he's kind of a loser um he lives in like this small apartment with his cats and uh doesn't have much purpose in life um he stumbles upon this invitation to a Halloween party and he gets pumped because he's like yeah I get to go party on Halloween for once and not be a loser at home so he gets this he orders this costume and like throws the costume to the side and turns the box into uh, his costume goes to this place and when he goes in there's only like five or six people in there and he's kind of like I think I might have the wrong place doesn't really look like a party and they're like no you're just on time and it turns out that they are planning on murdering him so he goes to this party and it's basically a party for his own murder um and the rest of the movie is they kind of, like, kidnap him and tie him to a chair. And then they're, like, doing drugs and, like, waiting on their, I guess, leader to, like, come by and waiting for the time to be right and uh, stuff like that. Um, this movie I liked a lot more this time around. Uh, like I said, it's a very simple film. Uh, it mainly just takes place in that one room and uh, relies on dialogue and different characters and things like that. And they all have their unique personalities. Um, it is a horror comedy, and uh, I, I enjoyed some of the comedic moments. You know, they're all kind of doing drugs, and then uh, I think they, like, shoot up heroin. And then, like, right after that, the girl's like, let's do coke. And then they're all, like, dancing around and stuff like that. Reminds me of, like, a... The Breakfast Club, if they were all uh, whacked out on drugs. If they um, were all pretentious douchebags. Yeah, that too. It, like, something about, it gives me that vibe, especially when they're doing the drugs and they're all, like, sitting around talking about their lives, but instead of weed, they're, like, doing straight up inject yourself and heroin type drugs. Um, but I enjoyed the film. Uh, I like the main character, you know, and I like the the final shot of this film is, you know, he's kind of, it's November 1st, and it feels very much like November 1st. Like, it feels depressing, like Halloween has ended. and It's like that Halloween hangover. Yeah, like all the direct, you see all the decorations on houses are kind of like torn down, pumpkins rotted, the streamers, like everywhere, like people teepeed the area, so I thought that was done really well. Um, but I like it. I give it a 7.5 out of 10. It's decent. Nice. All right. So what next? Do we have movies from the theater? From the theater. We do. We went to the drive-in on um, the night that we recorded last, actually. And that was uh, Brownsville Drive-In. Yes, Sunday. And it was a double feat of Halloween 2018 with TCM 1974. Yeah, the second to last showing of the year 
for the Brownsville drive-in. They did. They, right. they honestly. What did we go like five times, maybe? Yeah, if it, yeah. Um, we went more than we've gone like in our, our entire friendship, I think, this right. year. So. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, it it was a pretty good season. There were weekends that I wanted to go that I couldn't. Uh, but yeah, it. It, it was uh, Halloween 2018, which we revisited. Uh, we had seen this in the theater at the Luxury Theater, where we're actually going tonight. At um, in 2018, and uh, I really liked it, and you guys didn't. Correct. Yeah, you yeah. liked it, but you just weren't that impressed with it, and I was like arguing with you guys because I'm like, no, it was great, but <laughs> after seeing it again. I definitely have come down and now I'm like way down like it it was cool seeing it at the drive-in I'm not gonna lie like it was a good night everything was going good for the movie like atmosphere wise it was perfect you know a little bit of rain that made it creepy out that it was cold but not like freezing it was a good time um it just doesn't work for me yeah dude and it's sad because like I thought like this will be one that just grows on me with watches and it's kind of stood dormant like it, it hasn't really wouldn't say it really has gone down I do think it's an enjoyable film it's a Halloween movie you know it's uh if you kind of forget about the franchise like I can have fun with it but there's just a lot of missteps that I did not like in this movie that I, I just wish I could have just made my own Halloween movie so um, it's definitely disappointing for me still, uh, but like I said, I wouldn't say it's like the worst in the franchise by any means. There's a lot of bad Halloween movies that have been made, um, but just story-wise, I'm not a big fan. I hate the Dr. Sartain stuff. I hate Karen, the daughter. I hate that whole aspect. Um, I don't like that they got rid of the family aspect with, because it just seems stupid that Lori is like waiting 40 years for this guy to come kill her. I, I don't know, and why would he he has no care to do that and she kind of just i don't know there's just a lot i do not care for but it and then it was still fun to watch i guess but yeah um it was fun to watch but i i just don't like to me and i'm actually getting already tired of talking about it because i've talked about it like on my youtube video and then in comments <laughs> like so i'm not gonna sit, spend too much time on it but, like, for me, I do really agree with the fact that, like, taking away the brother-sister angle was kind of dumb in hindsight if you're just going to do the exact same thing but have them not be brothers and sisters. Because now it feels, like, contrived and forced because, it's like, at least when they were brother and sister, there was a reason Michael was after Lori, but now there's no reason he's after her other than somebody points him in the direction, which is more dumb yeah how is how is being blindly pointed in the direction more interesting than brother and sister angle yes like if you're going to use the argument that it was better when it was just him randomly killing people and just wandering upon laurie strode well then you would still say you would you would still not have that in this Mm mm-hmm you know? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like, because if it, you wouldn't even have Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. I feel like if you were trying to actually make mm-hmm. this 
uh, a slasher. Where I Michael would Myers laugh my ass Michael. off if in the next one they made a brother and sister again. <laughs> they like panic and they're like, okay, well, yeah. they pull like a Halloween too and just like shoehorn it in there like a little bit. Well, I think that the good idea would be for them, and I hear this is kind of what they're going to do, is just let Michael Myers loose on the town. We did the setup in the first film. Mm-hmm. And then it's more like Lori Strode and family trying to stop him at the end of the film or something like that. But yeah, it's uh, it's not, it should be pretty fun. Looking forward to the sequel. Even if I didn't like this one, it, this one did feel like a lot of setup. Um, I hate the podcasters. It doesn't make sense. Oh yeah, that's the I don't the like mask. that. Either. It doesn't make sense. It, a lot of like the the doctor is some of the worst writing in a in a big you know big horror film that had come out for like a major success story it just doesn't make sense um the opening scene i liked it at first but it really is kind of stupid (laughs) it's just like a i don't know they try to do this dramatic cold open but it's just it would be like me standing there holding a shoelace going like i don't know eat this it's just like they try to just screaming say something doesn't make it bone chilling I mean the credits coming on I really dug that I was like hell yeah when we first saw that in the theater and the pumpkin inflating I know some people didn't even like that they thought the pumpkin thing was stupid but I I, (laughs) yeah I like that quite a bit but I just think the opening build up isn't anything it's just nothing yeah um, the scares weren't there that much. I actually did like the segment with the kid and the little, the little black kid with the <laughs> babysitter. It actually is kind of funny. I do, I, I do like that. I'm not going to lie. It was cool. Yeah. Um, I did too. And then, um, yeah, so that's, that's it. Uh, I'm at a seven on that. So I went from like an 8.5 to a seven. I think, I mean, I'm also at a seven. I think I was, I think I've always been at a seven and it's just not really moving, so. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, my favorite horror film of all time. And we watched it together at the drive-in. It was pretty cool. Um, basically, these kids are visiting their old grandparents' house or father's I think it's grandparents, right? I th- Yeah, I think so, yes. Um, they run out of gas, they try to check on the neighbors, but the neighbors is, like, these weirdos, and, oh, before that, they pick up a hitchhiker, and he, like, cuts himself in the back of their van, and is real creepy and stuff like that, and cuts Franklin. Um, everybody knows the story. Uh, I love it. I think it's, uh, one of the most horrifying movies out there. Um, I love, honestly, almost every part of, every minute of this movie. Yes, I like it quite a bit too. Uh, it's a, uh, it's just so unique looking, and uh, the sound design where there's not really a score. It's just like that. What do you, oh my god, what do you call that on the symbols? Not symbols. Uh, that like drum beat. It's like I can't do it. Anyway, um, it's got cool noise in it that makes it creepy, and the atmosphere is just great. Um, it's a good move good move yeah and uh i love the opening with the hitchhiker like that scene by itself is what makes the movie it's so scary like he just comes in there he's like i I I got a knife like you know what i mean he's Mm -hmm. like he's like you like head cheese my brother makes it real good you know (laughs) i was watching well i didn't really watch it but i caught like the beginning of tcm 3 
yesterday before I went on that walk I took, and where was that it one's showing? really what? What'd you say? Where was it showing? On t- uh, what was it? I forget what channel it was. Yeah, that's not, not one you see play very often. Might have been sci-fi, but I feel like that's wrong. I, I don't know. I was just like scrolling through on my Sling TV thing, and sci- I th- I felt I want to say it was like sci-fi, but I feel like maybe not. But no, I think it was sci-fi because Critter. It was like Critter's attack was just ending, and then that was starting. And Critter's attack sounds like one that would play on there. So, but yeah, they had that on there, and I was surprised. So I was watching like the beginning, and they go to the gas station, and I never picked it. Like that guy takes a picture of her, and he's like, "It's a good picture. Want to buy this picture? It's a good picture." And he's just taking that from the first mm-hmm. film. Yeah. I don't really like TCM3, though. I liked it the first time I saw it, but now I think it's boring. Um, I loved it growing up, but yeah, it's not my favorite. Um, I still... I, I, did I... What? I, could, I don't know if... I, I think I watched it not too long, like a year ago or something. And I was like, yeah, that's alright. Um, but, yeah, the... Uh, that Well, I mean, technically that's supposed to be his like cousin or brother or something, so it makes sense. Yeah. They're all related. Yeah, I don't like the like the whole family in that movie. I don't really care for it. Yeah, the like... family is not that great in there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on what Tex or whatever the hell his name is, right? Yeah, it's like the distant relatives are now taking care of leather Leatherface, I guess. But Grandpa's still there though. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah Gramps. Yeah, I, I I love the the idea of Leatherface, and I love the like. That that's what's cool about Leatherface is like through all the iterations you're you're wondering like wonder what kind of family I'm gonna get this time. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. But yeah. this one was a cool one to see in the drive-in. Right. I feel. Ten out of ten would watch again. Ten out of ten would watch again. Okay, your blind spot. Mine blind dick. Um, I got super bad. From 2007, I think. What? I wish I had time to actually give it a watch, but I just watched a bunch of clips on YouTube last night instead. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, super bad. Uh, you know, basically. Don't even front. You know, you loved it. Well, I was gonna talk. I, I wasn't fronting! Yeah. I was right. gonna tell the plot! Yeah, right. You're I was gonna tell It's about. <laughs> it's about these really awkward teenage boys who, um,. It's like the last two or three weeks of school. They're seniors, and um, it's kind of funny. They're like older than high school kids, but they actually look like fre- like for some reason they look really young. Um, but they're going to graduate soon, and they get uh, invited to this party, and they have this one friend who says he's going to get a fake ID. So they're like, "Hey, let's just say we're gonna, you know." we could buy the alcohol for this party and they're, they're trying to impress these two girls in particular and get this alcohol that they want. The one girl gives, the one girl hosting the party gives him like a hundred, the one kid a hundred dollars. Um, that's supposed to be like her spending money for food to go buy just all these booze for the party. So, uh, whole movie is they're trying to like just buy they stop, you know, at the regular, like, beer store first, and, uh, one, Jonah Hill's character, Seth, uh, he, you know, he gets kind of cold feet, and then they're like, screw it, and they go with their other dude who has the fake ID that's just an awful fake ID, and they're going to the yeah, liquor it, it, store. that whole scene's hilarious, because they're like, 
He's like, got my fake ID. And they're like, what? They're like, <laughs> they're like, why would you make yourself 25? They're like, they're like, <laughs> he's like, and, and of course, like, Fogel's got like a, a reason behind it. Like, everybody makes it 21, but when you're 25, they don't look at it. And then they're like, why do you have one name? And why is it McLovin? He's like, I was either going to go with that or Muhammad. He's like, why the fuck would you go with either of those? <laughs> He's like, Muhammad's the most common na- the name in the you know, in the world. I kind of like his, um, I kind of like his thought process, though, with the 25 thing. Because yeah. that would be something I would do, too. Like, think, like, oh, 21 sounds really suspicious. Uh, I'm going to have to up it a little bit. But 25, it's, like, too far, too so far. old. He looks like he's 15. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they're trying to get, you know, the whole movie is I'm trying to get alcohol for the party, and then they're want McLovin, uh, I forget what his real name, Fogel, Fogel. okay, you said Fogel, um, he, um, gets (laughs) caught up with these police officers, and the whole movie is kind of him in the back of their car and going on adventures with them, played by, uh, you know, Seth Rogen and Bill Hader, and, uh, the other two are just on their own, and it, it's a funny movie, I will admit. At first, I thought I wasn't going to like it going into it, because, you know, it starts out, like, with a bang. It's just them talking about sex and them talking about what porn site they're going to subscribe to next year, and it's all just naughty and bad, and I'm like, okay, this is... I just never thought I would really get behind this type of over-the-top, naughty comedy, but um, as it goes on, I was laughing out loud. I mean, that part where... The part where he... Well, the part where Jonah Hill, he's talking to that girl, and, um, she says, I forget what she says, like, give me a hand, he's like, good thing my, oh, I forget what it is, but he's like, my, good thing my back, oh, I got your back, and he's like, good thing my back happens to be on my cock, or something like that, and it's just, like, really stupid, and they're awkward, Michael Sarah, of course, is just playing Michael Sarah, where everything he says is super matter-of-fact and awkward um yeah i like when he's like they're sitting there talking in the middle of gym class and dude runs by he's like he's like come on evan we're down by two points he's like come on greg it's 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 fucking soccer okay it's soccer yeah (laughs) relax relax greg it's fucking soccer that reminds me of you kind of (laughs) does it really yeah yeah well both characters it kind of reminds me of you in both aspects because I could see you taking the sport way too seriously, but then I can also tell you, like, see you saying something like, bro, relax. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, so, I, you're right. I am both of those people. It yeah. just depends what day it is. Right. And then just that part, like that part where the Fogel first goes into the liquor store and he's trying to be real cool and he goes to get one drink and <laughs> drops all the bottles on the floor <laughs> and they're, or the cans and they're spraying out and he just drops the other one he's holding because some of this this reminds me that reminds me of something i would do too where i just like drop it all like in a panic i'm like might as well throw this one down too and then i just stand there and act like everything's cool and then that guy comes up to him and he's like uh, is there a problem here and he's like no and there's just this mess on the floor and he's like did you make this mess on the floor and he's like no but you're gonna have to clean it up and yeah there's a lot of classic moments in this move and i thought it was funny and uh entertaining and another one that makes me kind of depressed because i didn't party at all in high school and i wish i would have yeah but um i love this i mean this movie came out in 2009 right uh 2000 i thought it was 2007 oh 2007 okay so 2007 i would have been like uh 
sophomore. 16, yeah. Perfect age, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, me and my friends watched this so many times. But you know what was crazy? is like we were having parties that like were better than these sometimes. You know what I mean? So it was like, it was kind of cool, but it didn't feel like that much fantasy. The only thing that felt like fantasy was like all the cop stuff and, the and cop like, stuff all that. <laughs> so over the top bad. <laughs> Dude, those two are great. Like. I know, they are. They are. I love, uh, it, like, it's just an awkward movie too like he's even like she's like she's like your cock is so smooth and he's like yours would be too if you were a man or something like, <laughs> it's so stupid uh it's a good movie but i love when like jonah hill is hilarious i love jonah hill um great yeah. move great move made 178 yeah, million dollars at the box office this was the era of the judd apatow comedies and uh it was a it was a great big boom for comedy movies and it really hasn't rebounded this was like the last great boom because of course in the late 90s early 2000s we had stuff like you know road trip and euro trip and Amer american pie and and all those movies that i'm can't remember like harold and kumar and stuff like that mm -hmm. i guess that wasn't really technically a sex comedy even though there's some sex stuff in it but like it doesn't have to necessarily be a sex comedy, but, like, adult Stoner comedy. comedy I mean. Yeah, like, stoner comedy, but, like, Pineapple Express, super bad, knocked up. I mean, 40-Year-Old Virgin, like, the, it, it, the list goes on and on. Like, these were some great movies of the era, and I, I, I'm sad that there's not a, there hasn't been a comedy boom really since then. Yeah, comedy suck now. Yeah, they do. I feel like, I feel like just so many try so hard it's I, all it's like not, bridesmaids and yeah stupid shit <laughs> it's all like adult yeah it's not teen comedy anymore i feel it's all like, like the, adults the era problems. ended with that of the hangover trilogy yeah yeah you're probably yeah you're about right there um mm -hmm. i haven't even watched a lot of comedies lately but even just seeing the trailers when we go to the theater i just think so many of them look stupid like completely unappealing i mean that good boys movie was horrible like that was yeah that was the one i like thought was gonna version. bring it back yeah it was like the kid version of super bad which you said back then it was okay it wasn't horrible it just it, it, it they just all it the, the funny stuff was in the trailer mm. um yeah. okay so what Your do you rate spot. what do you rate it Oh, oh, I give that a 9 out of 10. Definitely worth a 9. Okay, uh, my blind spot is 7, which is The Wedding Singer. Oh, no. Alright, let's go again. Uh, randomize 8, which is My Sister's Keeper. Oh, no. Uh, again, 2, which is The Hand That Rocks the Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Okay. Uh, cool. That's actually one of the ones that I was looking forward to um, on there, so I'm good with that. Yeah, I think you will like that one. Okay. Uh, from the year 1990. Deuce. Uh, let's go... Uh, is that... Can I review that on my channel? Is it horror enough? Um... Thriller? It's like... Thrill it, it is like Thriller. It's got some... It's got like a death scene or two. Would so that be like a film that... If we were got 1992 on a gear, is that a film that could show up on lists? I would probably put it on my. Okay, so it reminds me of like a cape. cape maybe beer I'll review it for my channel too. Then kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, I would. I would classify it as like a cape beer, like borderline thriller, dark, very dark thriller type All of film. All right then. Right.
Um. Onto the move. Is it? I think. Ah, uh, I'm sleepy. I'm gonna take a nizzle. Buddy. What? Come on, dude. Let's focus. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it sounds like a Cape Fear type thing. So uh, maybe I'll do that. Yes, you can do it. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, all right. Tales from the Hood three. Um, the third in the Tales from the Hood film series, which is weird considering the first one came out all the way back in 1995, and it is now 2020. So what, 25 years ago, essentially? Yeah. Um, Tales from the Hood. Um. Three is written and is it written by? There's no Wikipedia page for this. Um, Rusty Cundiff and Darren Scott. Alright. So, um, Tales from the Hood Three is an anthology film. Uh, we're gonna get into the segments and also um, the letterbox reviews which carly will have for later um so rusty cundiff is a director who was born in the hometown of us kind of pittsburgh pennsylvania did you oh, know that i did not yes he directed um the original tales from the hood in 1995 um worked on the Chappelle show as a director um, and then pretty much a lot of TV, and then he did Tales from the Hood 2 in 2018, and Tales from the Hood 3 this year. Um, but still, he made a freaking classic in Tales from the Hood. But Tales from the Hood 3 is a... It's an anthology film. Uh, the, the opening is a man and a six-year-old little girl who are trying to outrun an unseen evil... The little girl decides to tell uh, the older man, played by Tony Todd, a, a story, which that's sort of our wraparound segment, which is her telling stories, four of them to be exact. Mm. Uh, the first story here follows a greedy real estate agent, David, who wants to move a couple and their child out of one of his houses, which is slated to be demolished um it's an apartment complex he wants to move them out so they can build something new there a la people under the stairs and the this family does not want to move because their son has cancer he's gone through chemo the stress will stress him out and it'll be bad for his chemo so they say no uh frustrated because he loses a lot of money this guy hires this douchebag to go burn down the building but he wants to make sure the family get out um turns out they don't get out um, they get severely burned, and now he's being haunted by them. What do you think of that one? I thought this one was pretty good, pretty dark. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> like, it's sad. You know, this family, they have a kid with cancer, and then they have to deal with this jackass trying to kick them out of their home, and then they get killed in this horrific way of burning, which is very painful and terrible. Um... I thought it was cool. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it had some creepy moments whenever they start kind of haunting him. Uh, like the whole apartment complex 
look and stuff like that. Uh, it, it just it looked like a really good segment, you know, cinematography wise. Um, and I liked for the mo- you know, it was pretty serious as well. It was a very serious type of segment. So I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed this one. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, and it was pretty scary. Um, with uh, some of the visuals, it was you know very yeah. disturbing. Mm-hmm. And like the, the fire, uh, the fire effects and stuff on them mm-hmm. too when they're burnt looked pretty good. Yeah, there was actually a few little jump scares that got me in there. Overall, I thought it was a really solid segment. Uh, in my opinion, the best segment of this story, the mm-hmm. film. What about mm-hmm. you? Not um, your favorite? Uh, there's one that like. There's one later on that just I liked because for different, so for different, for my own personal reasons, so I guess. I'm just, that's what I'm asking though. What's your favorite? Uh, if this was your favorite, you said no, right? Right, yes. Okay. That's what I'm saying, no. Okay, because you weren't, you weren't saying no though. That's why I asked. I was thinking about it. Oh, I didn't think okay. about it before, so now you know. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? You're getting on my nerves. I'm mad. You stop growling at me. No, dude. Like I answered the question. I no, I said, is this it. your I, favorite I, segment? And you, you said, put me on the spot. Uh, no, um, yeah. I'm uh, not gonna say. Well, I didn't want to. One say. that I there's one that I find to be more enjoyable or something like it. that. I'm not asking you which I one's best. This a week ago. I'm not. Watch, I'm not asking you which one's best though. I didn't ask. I'm not answering which one's best. I'm thinking about all the shorts as a whole to think like, did I really like this one the best, or did I like dumb? that other one more? When you're watching, when you watch a uh, anthology, you don't immediately after it's over think about which one your favorite one was. I, a lot of times, I think about which one I thought was total crap. Like, but pessimistic. Because that sticks out more than, to me. Because a lot of times, I find a lot of them to be similar in quality. Anyway, let us go on, please. Um, the second segment follows a, um, uh, what the hell? Are you talking about the IMDb synopsis? Yeah, does that sound real to you? (laughs) I didn't think it did. I was reading this too, and I'm thinking, like, maybe I've completely tuned out during this, because I don't, that doesn't sound... Yeah, I don't think that's real. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so the second segment, I'll just go off of my own memory. Uh, it follows like a guy who's in like some sort of bunker or something like off the grid kind of thing where he's uh, talking on a radio platform. You get the sense that it might be some sort of post-apocalyptic type thing, um, but it's not really, uh, but you're not sure. You, you don't really know. And he basically is talking on the intercom radio thing about politics and black people and um pretty much a white supremacist in a way Mm -hmm. and yeah he fears that there's people closing in on him because he shouts towards the edge of his property line at people to get away and stuff but we don't see them because it's from their point of view so yeah and then there's a ending that is sort of a twist ending what'd you think of that one um that one was okay that one's probably my least favorite and 
I didn't think it was necessarily bad. I just found it very forgettable. Like it was kind of to the point. It was kind of simple, I guess. Um, the only problem about making the story about an obnoxious, like horrible racist person is the in you know this type of story is then we have to actually sit there and listen to the obnoxious horrible racist person and i also felt like it was a little like it was like it was definitely exaggerated because this guy was just a moron you know what i mean right so it was just like annoying mm-hmm. more than so it was like it, it, i'm glad if i it, i feel like this one's shorter than all of them and thankfully if it is like thankfully it is because it did not need to be any longer and uh i will say that the ending was cool i really liked the ending but up until that point it was like almost insufferable like i actually hated most of the segment like just from i don't think it's like necessarily bad it was just annoying i was uninterested in this guy dude i'm like laughing at the summary on imdb like i don't understand what that is i feel like they watched a different movie yeah but everything else is right um yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I agree. It wasn't. There was really just nothing to it that I was like, "Yay, this is great!" So. Yeah. Okay. The weakest. And so. the third story. Mm-hmm. Uh, revolves around a struggling singer, and her rich employer, who, she wants to kill to take her money, to further her music career. So. Uh, we have this young girl who's like struggling musician. Um, she knows her her boyfriend knows of this old lady who basically wants to hire a companion to like sit around and listen to her tell stories and stuff, um, and you know kind of help her out. She's an old lady, but she was a former opera singer, and so the the girl takes the job, but she really doesn't like her. The boyfriend suggests maybe we should kill her because she has a lot of money. The only pro and and then you know obviously things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only issue I had with this is like, how does killing her get you any money? Um, I don't know. I did not think about that. Because I don't. Think I mean, would. if you're saying you're just gonna steal all her money when she dies, then you could just do that without killing her. True. You just rob her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know how does how does killing her get you all the money? Like she's not, you're not on her life insurance because they want to kill her and make it look like an accident. But it's like that doesn't help you. Maybe they think that she'll just give it to that Chayla because she's like the only one there for her. Or yeah, but how would she give it to her if she was dead? Well, maybe she'll leave. She will leave it with her because doesn't she? She gives her like a something else, like a ring or. Yeah, but I mean, like, if if someone dies, if your boss dies, and you're like, hey, police, she said I could have all this stuff in here, they're gonna be like, no. Perhaps they were going to kill her and then rob her, and then before (laughs) telling any, I don't know, before the police showed up, perhaps. Yeah, but then the police would be like, okay, well, it looks like this woman died from, you know, natural causes, but all her stuff's missing, so we're gonna roll this as a homicide and investigate and then it makes no sense on making it look like an accident um but i i think the way they were going to kill her was like plausible like yeah that's what i'm saying but if all her stuff is missing the police aren't gonna be like oh Oh, it was a murder i see i see yeah all if all stuff's missing they're gonna be like okay maybe we need to look closer into that plausible death there right 
<laughs> okay, uh, yeah, that's a that is an issue. Um, but everything else I really liked about this segment. It was good. I liked this segment probably most. the most because it made me queasy with. There's a lot of because basically this lady she's old and she has like a bad anemia and needs blood transfusions all the time, and that stuff grosses me out. And there's like a refrigerator with all these bags of blood in it, blood. and. There's a scene where in Vault where it shows like blood being taken from someone, and it, I, I legit was sitting there and I started getting that lightheaded feeling that I guess when I'm going to faint, and I was what? It's weird. Yeah, it is weird, I guess. But like I, I was like I'm actually gonna faint watching a move. This has never happened to me before. But then I like snapped out of it. Thank God, because I was alone and that would have sucked. And um, I would have had to watch the move later on because I would have been passed out. But shut up. I, Okay. Um, the, uh, I thought it was going to go like vampire territory at first with the blood transfusions and stuff, but mm. it doesn't. Um, yeah. It's a pretty cool segment. I like the ending. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. And then the final segment is about a dude who basically punches people, sucker punches them and robs them. <laughs> and he does it to one kid and then all of a sudden he's like having trouble going to the bathroom. Like he's like crap in his pants and he's uh you know stiff and he smells bad and different things like that and then um he starts seeing like these angels like stealing people's souls and stuff and all this stuff and he's being like hunted or haunted um what'd you think of this one i like this one too i thought it was uh gross and disturbing what was happening to him at first um, i thought it was gonna be like comedy because it starts out and the guy's like farting and pooping and stuff yeah i was like what the, that was like disgusting and i was like oh here we go again mm-hmm. but no i liked it it is like the concept when he finds out like why this is happening to him it's just like freaky and disgusting to me and i would be like holy shit yeah i so. thought this one was really good i it's definitely my second favorite in the the anthology there um it's it's got a cool ending. Dev- definitely reminds me of the original Tales from the Hood. Mm. So, that it got that going for it. Um, the only thing overall that I wish this movie had a little bit more was, like, hip-hop influence and, and actual, a little more black influence. That's kind of, like, I told Austin check this out, and he kind of came back to me and said, like, he did, he felt like a lot of these stories were more just, like, black people in them and there wasn't as much like meaningful story to them so i can kind of see that like yeah it it just doesn't have the same touch as the first one or even the second one in a way like because yeah even those stories the two of them at least the emmett till one and then the like racist prop like uh historical one was you know had actual black relevant things but you Hmm. could honestly you know minus the honestly any of the all of the stories except for maybe the second one you could have replaced the people in the scenarios with other races and it wouldn't have changed anything yeah i mean yeah yeah and and, i mean that it's not really a complaint it's just like that's why i love tales from the hood so much is it's like super relevant to black people yeah, because even, like, the third one, it's, like, they just do a quick thing where she's, like, yeah, this opera thing means a lot to me because black people, it was unheard of having them be the star of the opera, and that's, like, 
kind of yeah, bit. Yeah, that's a little bit. That's something tying it in, but yeah. Yeah. Um, it really wouldn't have changed the story if it was a white person. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, um, yeah, that's true. But yeah, other than that, I, and the first one has so much like rap culture and stuff in it that I just wish that these ones did a little bit more too. But I still thought this was a really solid anthology film, um, way better than the second one. Mm-hmm. So uh, the only thing is the wraparound I thought was really weak. They should have had Tony Todd playing Sims or something because it's just, I don't know, why why have this basic-ass story? Yeah, I kind of like Tony Todd, though, in this. I thought he was good for what he was. I felt yeah. like he fit that part. Mm. I, I felt like he fit that part pretty well, yes. Yeah. He did a great job, yes. Eh. Stop! <laughs> All right. So what do you rate Tales from the Hood 3? Um, overall, I'm kind of, I give it like an 8. An 8? Yeah. Um, I'm at a 7. Alright. See, I didn't mind part 2 that, well, I gave that like a 6.5, so, yeah. I gave this that is, one like a 5.5. <laughs> yeah, like this one's like a bigger step up for me, because the shorts were at least serious and more... I liked pretty much all of them. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that said, guys, we need to get into these letterboxed reviews. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I guess I shall do this one by uh, Pod, who gave it. This is a bad one. It is a one and a half star, and it says, "Don't bang on the force field. It disturbs the animals." So what? Okay. I really enjoy the Tales from the Hood series. The original is a classic piece of comedy, horror, and political satire. The follow-up is a pointed and underrated low-budget commentary on the Trump era that I think works better than most people acknowledge. This third installment is the weakest of the franchise by far, but possesses a bunch of heart like the other two. This series really tries, and I appreciate that about it. A few thoughts on the specifics of the film. One, the wraparound. Seeing Tony Todd is always delightful for me, but I wish that this was either funnier or spookier. Two, eviction story. Boring. This is just kind of a bland approach to this particular topic. Standard haunting stuff with no real bite. Three, bunker asshole. Scandalous insight into the daily life of a Trump voter is valuable, funny, and creepy. Four, opera lady, boring, weird, and convoluted story that doesn't fit well with the typical tone and focus of Tales from the Hood. Five, poop and pee. Gross out humor mixed with boring supernatural stuff. It's too bad this one sucks. Part three comes from a creative team that is preparing for the end of days. The clips feel angrier and more despondent than the prior installments and the messages are ones of real desperation. Unfortunately, the sentiments, these sentiments still resulted in what amounts to a pretty boring series of stories. Okay. He, he called that one short poop and pee. Um, I didn't uh, agree with most of what he said, but okay. Yeah, he kind of is just like, boring. Mm-hmm. Boring. Um, Anybody who comes into the review and, and praises the second film first... I'm going <laughs> to not believe what they have to say. Right, right, right. Hold on, let me see. And then a positive one. We have a three and a half star here. It says, full disclosure, I am apparently one of the few who liked part two and thought it was just fine. 
maybe it was trying to be too of the moment and it's low budget shot on digital in Louisiana-ness just definitely showed but I still enjoyed the stories I didn't learn it was I did didn't learn it was pretty much unanimously hated until the other day when getting ready to watch this one so if you were one of those who hated it maybe not listen to me if the low budgetedness of the last one turned you off this one is much more professional looking if that's your thing this time Wraparound is way less goofy than the second one, which I enjoyed, but really turned off others, it seems. I didn't like the wraparound in part two at all. This one is an atmospheric tale of Tony Todd. I don't care what he played in, dude. Leading a young lass into a spooky place. First story about evictions is probably the best. Second story is about a racist jerk being a jerk in his bunker. Your enjoyment on it is based on how much you enjoy the twist. Third, third story is about an R&B singer spending time with an old lady who never really got her fair shake at the spotlight. One of those I like what it was saying more than I liked it. Is this poorly written? Because it's like set coming off poorly written. Yeah, that didn't. That sentence wasn't a sentence. Uh, and then it says fourth story is one of people will like. One of people will most likely like talk about the I <laughs> meme. As it is about a jerk peeing and pooping himself, so, you know, pretty good. Buddy, I'm sorry, okay? These are all long, and, like, I don't yeah, prepare them you ahead didn't of time. prep ahead of time. That's what the problem is. Buddy, I'm sorry. There's not that many yet, anyway. And, like, most of them are, like, two and a half, one You could have read Austin's. Where's his at? What? Oh, he did- Oh, I didn't even notice! Mm-hmm. Wake it. Okay, Austin Shoyhair says, Honestly, a little underwhelmed considering everyone is saying this is a step up from the second one. I honestly enjoyed the second one more. This one felt even more so, like, just basic stories than the second one did. The original had a lot to say in every story. These just felt like stories that just happened to have black people in them. The stories were fine, just nothing mind-blowing. 6.5 out of 10. I mean, I don't disagree with what he's saying. I'm kind of with him on that i just tended to like the stories a little bit more so that's where the extra half point comes for me yeah that's why i told him too like i like (laughs) the stories but i do agree it's not as much saying anything special all right so that's gonna wrap this episode up next week we will be tackling the brandon cronenberg movie hopefully called the possessor and yeah so Mm -hmm. that will be coming next week so That's it. That is it. Peace out, guys. Bye.